Nikki Haley says she is running for the pedantry. I wish to go over this one more time because weirdos like me, me think that we're going to have to live under constitutions that we ought to actually know what they say. And not only should we know what they say, but we should be willing to <laughs> to to uh, be willing to be bound by what their ratified intent wo was. Let's talk about the ratified intent of how you can become president of the United States under the U.S. Constitution. There's a couple of qualifications. You have to be 35. That's one. You, And then the second qualification is you must be a natural-born citizen. Now, I know some of you think that this is... Uh, this is much ado about nothing, and they're not going to abide by the Constitution anyway, so why even bring it up? Well, because we, we at least should, we should pretend like these things matter. And I know some of you got really, really angry and testy with me in 2015 when I informed you that Ted Lee Cruz Wright is not a natural-born citizen. He can't be president. Marco Rubio, little Marco, is not a natural-born citizen, not as the Founding Fathers defined it. Now, I am perfectly content to have Congress debate, write, debate, and pass an amendment. Again, if we're, if we, as long as we're stuck, supposedly, under the jurisdiction of the United States Constitution— if you think that it ought to be determined another way, and if they all think that it should be determined another way, well, then you're going to have to amend Article 2 of the Constitution, and uh, then you're going to have to change it. <clears throat> A natural-born citizen, as defined by the Law of Nations, by Emmerich Vattel, which would have been the go-to guidebook for international law in 1787 and all the way up until the U.N. You would have been using uh, Vittel's Law of Nations until after World War I. And then they had the tribunal courts, trial war criminals and whatnot. You had been, international law changed. According to Vittel, to be a natural-born citizen requires your father to have been a naturalized citizen at the time of your birth. Now, this is a very low bar for entry. It's, <laughs> the actual wording of the Constitution says the, uh, refers to the Declaration of Independence. And how citizenship would be, or natural-born citizenship would be determined, your father had to have been a citizen of one of the 13 colonies at the time of the ratifying of the Declaration, and then that would then make you a, uh, that would make you an NBC. But going forward, <clears throat> your father must be a naturalized citizen of the United States. So your father can completely be an immigrant. He could have been an Irishman, he could have been an Italian, he could have been a Mexican, he could have been a Spaniard. 
provided that after he came here, after he immigrated, he became an he, he he swore the oath to the Constitution. That means he was then naturalized. What is Article One, Section Eight, to propose an uniform rule of naturalization? So the uniform rule was imposed. The immigrant uh, agrees to it. You raise your right hand. You swear on a stack of Bibles. You, you're going to uphold the laws of the Constitution. Bam, oh, they give you a certificate and a Social Security number, and you get to pay taxes and all that goes along with it. But now you're a naturalized citizen. You're not a natural born. There's, this is the, the, the key difference. You're naturalized. This means that Kamala Lalala cannot be president. She can't be. Neither of her parents at the time of her birth were naturalized. Let's go to Nikki Haley. Neither of Nikki Haley's parents were naturalized at the time of her birth. So we have all of these people running around that aren't natural born citizens that want to be president. There's, it, it, it was here, answer the question. Was there a prudent reason to require an NBC or natural-born citizen to be president? Was there something that, that made that prudent, especially in 1787 at the time of the writing and then a ratifying of the Constitution? Well, yeah. <clears throat> you don't want it someone that has, as they say, skin in the game, if you will. You went and want an interloper moving here, and this was their fear, that some Englishman would come to the, the new, one of the new United States, set up shop, be naturalized by, as a citizen by the state of New York or wherever, and then become president, uh, president a year after being naturalized. They were trying to, to see to it that so, someone had some skin in the game, had, uh, had family ties and roots and uh, hereditary roots in order to become president. So I'm just pointing out what should be obvious, and that is, why aren't any, why isn't anyone else? <laughs> why isn't anyone else even, it, it doesn't even get mentioned. If Trump wanted to, to, to say something about Nikki Haley being uh, uh, president, or not being, or, 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 or why she shouldn't be president, and why she shouldn't be running, well, that's, that should be number one on the list. And by the way, somebody's going to say, what about Trump? His parents were immigrants. Fred Trump was a naturalized citizen at the time of Donald's birth. It is true that his mother was a Scottish immigrant, and she was naturalized. It doesn't matter. His father, Fred, was a citizen. End of discussion. So anyway, I just thought I'd bring it up. There is an, somebody asked me about this on one of your listeners on Twitter. So I republished a piece. I'll, I'll send Maggie the, uh, uh, the link. I republished this piece that I wrote back in 2014 um, or 2015 about, uh, about Ted Cruz. And then it came up again with Kamala Lala. We could have said something about it. Probably, you remember when they were all back in 2008? The guy sued to try and say that Obama was not a natural-born citizen. Remember the whole birth certificate? Okay, they were only focused on the birth certificate. Remember this. 
Because the rumor was, or the claim was, that Obama was born in, uh, that Barack Hussein Obama was born in Indonesia, in Jakarta, I believe. Or he was born in, uh, which African country was it? I forget which, it was born in Africa. So this is what was said at the time. And they were focusing on the birth certificate. Remember, Lord Christopher Moncton actually came here in 2012 when Obama was running for re-election. Re, uh, re, uh, re he had examined the birth certificate, and Lord Moncton had concluded that it was a fake. It was a forgery. But they all missed the central point. Was Barry Satoro, Barack Hussein Obama's father, a natural-born citizen at the time of little Barry's birth in Honolulu? That's the only question. Now, we know that his mother was. His mother was a Missourian. But, but Kenya. Kenya. It was in Kenya. But what was his father? Well, simply put, the records don't exist. We don't know. We don't know what Barry Satoro was. He claimed that he was a United States citizen. Um, so I think it was, a, it, was a, it was a valid question to ask at the time, but it didn't have anything to do with the birth certificate. You could have been born. Hey, I'll give you an example. John McCain, did you know this? John McCain was actually born in Germany. John McCain's father was in the United States Navy. He was deployed. And he was stationed in Germany when little Johnny McCain was born. But because he was born of a naturalized citizen and he was born in a time of war uh, to a military parent, and this is also covered by Vettel, by the way, uh, to a military parent who was deployed, that means that his citizenship would not have been... He, and McCain never claimed dual citizenship. I think it was Germany. Uh, he, he always claimed, and, and he was raised as a citizen of the United States, even though he, he grew up in his, in, in his early years, he grew up in Germany. This happens all the time if you have parents that are in uh, the uh, United States Armed Forces and are deployed. But Emmerich Vittel covers this in Law of Nations. This is, this is covered. In any event, I, I, no one's going to pay any attention to this. But he, here's what ought to bother you about it. Those of you that wish to secede, secede, secede! There's big secede news. The legislature of Idaho on Friday voted, or Thursday or Friday, voted to say yes to the request by five or six counties in Oregon that do not wish to be in Oregon any longer. They wish to escape the cult of death and the lunatics that run the asylum in Oregon, and they wish for, annex, uh, for Idaho to annex them. So if you look at the graphic here, uh, if you look at the map, you can see it at the, there's a story about it in the Federalist. Uh, there's two stories about it. Uh, Fox 12 Oregon uh, covers it. You can see that a significant portion of Oregon wants the freaking hell out. <laughs> this is how bat poop crazy the lunatics are in Portland, Eugene, Medford, anything that's in the eastern part, the western part of Oregon. 
These people are they're just nuts. And the entire legislature is run by the libtard cult of death Democrats. No Republican will ever be elected to a statewide office in the state of Oregon again. So if you look at the map, uh, Idaho will almost double in size should they, it's 11 counties in, in, in Oregon, should those 11 counties be annexed and join Idaho? Now, this is an irony here. We don't care what the Constitution says about Kamala la la. Kamala, la, 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 la. We don't care what the Constitution says about Obama. We don't care what it says about Tedley Cruz, right? We don't care what it says about little Marco. We don't care what it says about Nikki Haley. We don't give a rat's furry behind what it says about being a natural-born citizen, but we do care of what it says about how a new state can be admitted into a union or about how a new state can be carved out of a current state. Oh, we must go by the letter of the Constitution now. Well, isn't it kind of antiquated? Isn't it outdated? Shouldn't there be a miniature played? We must abide by the Constitution. Not when it's inconvenient, we shouldn't. So already the legislators in Oregon are going like, yeah, like hell you're getting out. This is Hotel Oregonia. You can check out, you can check in, check out anytime you like, but you ain't never leaving. If I were the people knowing what they had been through in those 11 counties in Oregon, um, I would tell the state of, or the, the government of the state of Oregon, and some of them are already doing this, you can go pound sand. You can send me bills, I'm not paying them. You can send a sheriff out here that claims to be enforcing state law, I'm not going to obey it. We're done. We're finished. Wait, what an what an irony. Am I the only one here that catches the irony of all this? What an irony. The land of the free and the mobile home of the brave. But you're not allowed to, to have political determinism. You can't say that, uh, yeah, this state blows. <laughs> Literally. And it kills. And I don't want to be a part of it anymore. Uh, we either want to form our own state, our own little Oregon, um, or we want to join another state here. What's the first reaction? No, you must remain part of Oregon. Or no, you must remain part of California. Or no, you must remain part of insert state here. Well, as Wallace Shawn from My Dinner with Andre might say, well, why, why is that? Why is that? It's a good question. Why is that? Well, Article 4 says so. What does Article 4 say? It says you must have the permission of the state, and then you must have the permission of Congress to do so. Now, we already have examples of new states being formed. North Dakota, South Dakota. It used to just be Dakota. I, I don't know how many of you knew that. North Dakota, South Dakota there used to just be Dakota. Uh, state of Maine was separated from Massachusetts Bay Colony. One time, Maine and Massachusetts were the same state. Uh, West Virginia was separated by Lincoln from, what an irony here. Lincoln told the West Virginians, yes, four score and seven days ago, you can secede. 
Now, the rest of those southern states, they're illegal. They're, it's illegal for them to do it. But as long as you do it and you join my union, this union, well, then it's permissible. In any event, I find these political developments fascinating. Idaho lawmakers and House of Representatives voted 41 to 28 to pass a bill, HJM1, in support of the Greater Idaho Movement. The bill is a call to action that will allow Idaho lawmakers to start talking about the movement with Oregon lawmakers. The House State Affairs Committee received testimony on Monday before the Wednesday vote. The measure will now go to the Idaho Senate. Plan calls for Idaho to be expanded to include rural Oregon. So far, 11 counties in Oregon have signed a petition in support of the expansion. You know what's on the southern and southwestern border of Idaho is what? Among Humboldt County. Those northern counties in California where the good beer is made, where the aged hippies re retreated to, the, where the country folk live, that's where the, around where Sacramento is, this is where uh, the, the northern California is just beautiful. But it's also, and, it, and this is historical, it's very rural, very ag agriculture-based, and it's very conservative. This could spill over because, you know, there was a movement to form a state of Jefferson, which would have been six counties or four counties across southern Oregon and then four or six counties, I forget how many, in northern California. They wanted to bind together and they wanted to call themselves. One time it was the state of Franklin, then it was the state of Jefferson. Uh, uh, in any event, it's, it, it's hardening to hear that there are people out there <laughs> that are willing to do what is necessary to chart new political sovereignties. Should give all of us hope for the future. You know, the Congress is coming up. I, 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 let me share something with you real quick. Saturday evening, I was invited to, uh, oh, you guys all know Ross. You know Ross McKnight, the backwater Fogwad duck gentleman. Uh, Ross decided that he wanted to have a debate amongst some of his, again, this is Catholic inside baseball for just a moment, new Novus Ordo Rite of Mass peeps, his friends, and his new tratty friends. <clears throat> so he invited me to come be the debater. <laughs> I don't know how I got nominated, but I did. So I uh, actually recorded the whole thing. We, we did this for like an hour and a half. I, ha I, have, I have the tape. I can prove that I did this. But we had a very uh, uh, lively conversation. In any event, I told when, when we were chewing the fat before we began, um, <clears throat> no, it was afterwards. I was talking with Norman Foshix. Norman will do our artwork again for the poster for the upcoming Congress. May the 5th, mark your calendar, May 5th, 5th 6th, and 7th at the TLM Center in Arnoldville. I was uh, in talking with Norman, who was very excited about it. He was telling a couple of the guys that were gathered around, and we were talking, man, y'all ought to come. You ought to come to the Congress. And I'm like, what's a Congress? And then Norman was kind of explaining it. And he goes, Mike, what's the theme again? Because it sounded really cool. And I said, the, uh, the, the theme is for altar, culture, and trade. Altar, culture, and trade got a golf clap. They're like, Really? That sounds fantastic. Wow. 
I think I would like to hear about that. So in any event, it's coming up. Uh, what else do we have is going on in the news here? There is a ginormous prey-in at Asbury College in Kentucky. Now, I have to be very, very careful with what I, of anything that I say about this. So uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to talk much about it. However, I would just say if you want <laughs> to be informed and inspired of what I should think about this, and I do not second guess anyone's motivations. Looks like a bunch of young people that started this, and then a bunch of other people are now coming to the uh, to the the worship service or whatever it is that they're calling it. Uh, I'm sure that they're wonderful people, the motors are good, and that they are actually praising and worshiping God. But to try to try to wrap my mind around it and try to go like, okay, well, is there really anything other than the report that it's going on, and that well, you know. People gathering together to actually acknowledge that there is a God and then to worship him in whatever form seems to me to be a good thing. It's certainly better than having <laughs> a bunch of Satanists get together and have a seance and elevate a statue of Baphomet on the, the, government, uh, the government building grounds in Arkansas as they once did. So I will just pass on to you that, and I, and I knew this because I had read this uh, before, and I'm sure many of you have, the gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 6 is interesting reading on the subject. That's all I'll say. Read Matthew 6, verse 1 through um, 1 through 8. Because the Our Father starts at verse 9. It's called the Lord's Prayer because our Lord actually gave it to us. <laughs> he kind of like handed it down and went, no, 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 no. Don't pray like that, dude. You need to stop that. Watch me. Look, look, I'm the incarnate wisdom. Do this. So in any event, uh, we uh, we might talk a little bit uh, about that. Maggie O'Connell is surprised that Bernie Sanders is still alive. But then we find out not only is Bernie Sanders still alive, Ron Paul is still out there kicking. We <laughs> some Ron Paul audio here today on Lundi Gras. And then I have this. And I want to say, I told you so. John Horvat, oh, there was a conference in Lafayette at the TP, TFP house uh, this Saturday. I did not make it because of the other engagement. Um, John Horvat has this at TFP site. The revolt against humanity describes a future without God. 